Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. This will be our last lesson on the uh, Lord's Prayer. We've been talking about uh, Jesus' response to the disciples who said, teach us how to pray. And he taught what is called the Lord's Prayer. And it's a model prayer that really teaches prayer principles. And we talked about the principle of praise. It begins with praise. It ends with praise. You can say praise is the alpha and the omega or the beginning and the end of the prayer that he taught. In between all that, it's about us. Give us, forgive us, lead us, protect us, or deliver us. Amen. So in the middle, it's about us. On the ends, the book ends, you can say it's all about him. So we start praising him. We end praising him. Today, we're going to end by praising him. So we talked about the prayer of uh, praise and then petition, provision, pardon, protection. And now, once again, we conclude with praise. And so look at Matthew 6 and 13. This will be the, the last part of the verse. We call it part B. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Notice those three things we, we want to point out tonight. The kingdom, the power, and the glory uh, forever. So we begin by praising him for his person and position there on high in the highest place of the universe. And we end by praising him because this is the, his kingdom, his power, his glory. You can say it's about his kingdom. It's by his power. It's for his glory. Can you say amen? amen. Should we say that again? It's about his kingdom. It's by his power. It's for his glory. Amen. And that's what this is basically all about. And there is no one who is more passionate about giving the glory to the Father than Jesus. Anything and everything he said and did, he said, it's not me, it's my Father. He gave him all the glory for everything that was manifested through his life. So we're going to begin by looking, first of all, at the first part of it. Thine is the kingdom. It's about your kingdom. Number one. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom when he came here on the earth. And notice in Matthew's gospel, chapter 4, these are very special scriptures to me because when I first started to read the New Testament, I was in my mill crane, read these verses, fell to my knees, just weeping before the Lord, just saying, you love humanity so much, I didn't realize that this is what you did. But look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 4. Uh, look what it says. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel or the good news of the kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. And those which were possessed with devils. And those which were lunatic. And those that had the palsy. And he healed them. What was the message? The gospel of the kingdom. He preached the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. What was the result? All these people were delivered and set free. Outward manifestations of the power of Almighty God to deliver them from whatever condition they had, physical or mental. And what is he announcing? The kingdom of God has come to you in his person, in the person of Jesus Christ. And then secondly, we see he empowered his disciples to do the same. Look in uh, 
Matthew's gospel once again, chapter 9, look at verses 35 to 38 first. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You'll see many times throughout the gospels, you hear kingdom, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom over 120 times. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Notice the connection there. You preach the kingdom and you heal the sick people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, a burning desire to alleviate the suffering on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And so he had a yearning desire to alleviate all the suffering he came into contact with. And he saw that there was so much of it that he had to anoint other people to go about and continue the work that he was doing. Look at chapter 10 and verse 1. He was moved with compassion to help people that were suffering to be delivered and set free. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sick, sickness and all manner of disease. Going down to verse 7 and 8. And look what it says. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Notice he keeps on driving home this point. It's about the kingdom. This work is about the kingdom. Say the kingdom of God of heaven is at hand and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. What's the kingdom about? Healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. Amen. So he's preaching Good news, it's the kingdom of God has come to you. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. And if we can say it this way, the kingdom of darkness is about all the sickness, all the disease, the mental anguish, and all the things that people are suffering in the world today. That's all about the kingdom of darkness. But the kingdom of God, it's all about deliverance and healing and wholeness and soundness of mind and victory. Okay, look at number three. He taught the operation of the kingdom. In his teachings, and of his parables, and this, this is so important right here. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, let's look at it. He said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? How important is that then? If you don't know this one, you're not going to know anything. And this parable is the parable of the operation of the kingdom of God within the heart of a man. And he talked about the sower and the seed. Way back in 1981, as I said, uh, probably Sunday, you could look at our legacy series and you can pull up the sower and the seed. It's actually entitled Matthew 13, which is when I taught 20 lessons back in 1981 on the parable of the sower and the seed called Matthew 13. And this is the foundational teaching that we all need to have. The kingdom of God operates on this principle right here, sowing seed into the heart of a person. And whether or not their success is dependent upon the condition of the soil, not the seed. Because the seed is incorruptible, but the soil can vary. It could be hard, shallow, stony, full of weeds and thorns and so on. Or it could be good soil that the seed of God's word is sown into that will produce fruit some 30, 60, and 100 fold. And then he goes on and talks even more. Look at the 
verse 26, and then we'll look at verse 30. Look at verse 26. He said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. So once again, he's teaching parables about the kingdom of God. Look at verse 30. And he said, whereunto shall we liken to the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? And so he's teaching, as he's here upon the earth, the operation of the kingdom of God within the heart of a man. And remember, he told us to seek the kingdom and its operation. Also, look at John, 8, uh, John 18, look at verse 36. He said also his kingdom that he's talking about has nothing to do with this world. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So when he was asked, are you a king? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. It has nothing to do with you. It's not anything to do with the, your, your Roman empire. Nothing like that. It's the kingdom of God that I'm talking about. Then look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. What we're told. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. What's he referring to? Don't take any thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep. Whether you've got a roof over your head or not. He said those things are minor compared to this. Seek the operation of the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. And all those things will be added to your life. So when he said, it's all about your kingdom. And we should live our lives that same way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's about your kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. It's not, not about your kingdom. It's not about my kingdom. It's about his kingdom. And kingdom means it's the king's dominion. It's the king's dominion. And the king came and he walked upon the earth. And he had dominion when he walked upon the earth. And he demonstrated the fact that his kingdom was not of this world. He destroyed the works of darkness. He cast out devils, healed the sick, set the captives free. Even death had no power over him. So it's about his kingdom, praise God, and its operation in the lives of people upon the earth, which is why he empowered his disciples to advance his kingdom. Now, look at the next part. It's about his power. It's about his kingdom, and also it's by his power, not ours. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is all about power. Power that transcends human powers. Power that goes far beyond any power that man can come up with. And so he saw the need that was out there. So what did he do? He anointed his disciples to advance the kingdom. But you know what? As long as he was here upon the earth walking with his disciples and teaching the gospel message of the kingdom, they still didn't get it. And then after he was raised up from the dead and 40 days they saw him communicating with them upon the earth and he's talking about the operation of the kingdom. Guess what? They still didn't get it. They wanted to have an earthly kingdom. Look at Acts chapter 1 and we can see it clearly. They wanted to rule they wanted to reign, but they wanted to do it here upon the earth. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father had put in his own power, but you shall receive what? Power. See, it's about his kingdom, 
and it's by his power. They were concerned about an earthly kingdom. He was concerned about advancing his kingdom by his power. Power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, I'm empowering you to advance my kingdom upon this earth. Beloved, that's what we're here for. We are here empowered by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God upon this earth, touching the hearts and lives of people everywhere we go with the life-changing truths of the gospel. And we're not doing it in our own strength or ability, but it's power that God gives. He's the one that provides the power for us. Look in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. And along with this power that enters into the human life comes boldness, boldness, confidence and boldness. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, that they marveled. Why? Because they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. How about that? What a statement to make about somebody. Well, they're not too bright. They're not too smart. But man, they've been with Jesus. And look out. They've got power from on high. What enables them to do what they're doing? It's not their own strength. It's not their intelligence. It's not their ability. They've been empowered and equipped from on high with an impartation of the glory of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Well, they were bold. They were empowered. They were invigorated. They had impartations of gifts, talents, and abilities to use to advance the kingdom of God upon the earth. Because you see, it's not by our programs. It's not by our traditions or the traditions of men. It is by the power of God that we break the, the things, the powers that bind people's lives. And bring them into the kingdom. Amen? Well, along with this power comes, as I said, boldness. But then also comes opposition. Look at Acts chapter 4. And look at verse 14. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. This is the man who was lame, who Peter and John prayed for. He had never walked. He received his strength to be able to walk. And he was healed. And now, all this uproar is taking place because of this miracle. But, when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further. How about that? Jesus said, spread it as far as you can. Judea, Samaria, right? The uttermost parts of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, right. But that has spread no further. Don't you speak. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all. Nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them. Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God, judge ye, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, now imagine this, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done. 
What was done was never seen before in all of Israel. What was done before their eyes, a lame man who had never walked from his mother's womb, who was daily laid at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, asking alms of the people, and they saw him and they knew him. Everybody knew who he was. You could not deny the miracle. They knew this guy. And now he's walking, now he's leaping, now he's praising God because of Peter and John who went there and prayed for him or just commanded him to rise up in Jesus' name. And you would think that these people, even though they're religious leaders, would look at that miracle and just say, he must be the Messiah. My goodness, they're doing the same thing in his name. Logically, you would think, but no, they get even more frustrated and fired up. They don't want them to preach or teach. What's, so there's persecution. There's going to be all kind of trouble, opposition. Well, when there's opposition, what are we talking about tonight? What are we supposed to do? Pray. Look at the next verses. We're supposed to pray. So when opposition comes, we pray. Oh, Father, you're in heaven, high above all authorities that are upon this planet. Holy is your name. It's above every name, no matter what that name might be. I'm here to establish your kingdom being done on this earth as it is in heaven. And I'm thanking you for a daily supply of your power and glory in my life to accomplish the purpose of your will. Look at how they prayed. And being let go, they went to their own company. I like that, don't you? This is our own company right here tonight. And they, what did they do? They reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And they lifted, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth and sea. Now notice it's like the, Father God, you're in heaven above it all. You're the creator of all heaven, earth, and sea, and all that in them is. You're seated above in the highest place of the universe. The highest authority. And all that's in them you made. Who by your, the mouth of your servant David said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast appointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and counsel determined for to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants a better program some traditions that men can offer. Mm -mm. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Give us Another dose of the Holy Ghost and miracle working power. Beloved, let me tell you something. Notice that they were, they're filled. They were already filled with power because they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. But you see, the baptism is a one-time event. But being filled is a continual event in the life of the believer. So they prayed this way, understanding that what they needed to advance the kingdom of God was not something that was natural, but something that was supernatural. Boldness that comes from on high. And when they had prayed, came power. Look at these verses. After they had prayed, look at the next verses. When they had prayed, when did it happen? When they had prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. 
And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they all had things common. And with great power. Great power. Whose power? Electrical power. Power generated by man. Physical strength. Intellectual ability. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Oh, I like that. Them all. Every one of them. Every heart that cried out for boldness to proclaim truth with power and demonstration. Who said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal through signs and wonders and miracles. Heaven heard. Heaven responded. Great power was in manifestation and great grace was upon the people. And praise God, they were unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. So now we see it's his kingdom. It's by his power. And it's for his glory. Whose glory? His glory. Jesus always gave the glory to his father. Look at John's gospel chapter 5. He always gave glory to his father. He never took credit for anything that he did when he walked on this planet. But Jesus answered then, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Remember he told Philip who said, show us the father and it sufficeth us. And he said, Philip, have I been so long with you? Don't you know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you don't believe me, believe the works. For you see the works that I do? The Father in me, he does the work, not me. Remember, he said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what the Father tells me to do. And when they tried to exalt him in different ways, he says, it's not about me. It's all about the Father. And so he understood he was here to advance the kingdom. He was empowered to do it because he was anointed on high to do it. And when he did it and had tremendous signs, wonders, and miracles, who did he give the glory to? The Father. Yours is, is the kingdom Yours is the power by which it's done, and yours is the glory. You know, that's why you and I exist. You know, that's why we breathe air, to give Him glory Amen. through our lives. How? By seeking the kingdom, tapping into His power, and just going somewhere and just on fire, burning for God, touching hearts and lives of people everywhere. Now, Peter gives us another example. Look in Acts chapter 3. He gave glory to God for the power that was manifested through his life. In chapter 3 and verses 12 through 16. This is the lame man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. He was, remember, the guy was healed. And all these people tried to give the glory to Peter. Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk? Don't look at me. Don't look at us as if we're the ones so special that we have something of ourselves. No, no, no. 
The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus. You've got to love the way he preaches this message. Whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Ooh, is that just getting in deeper? Is that dig just getting in deeper and deeper and deeper? Is it not? You know, can you imagine this? Barabbas is about to be executed, but the governor comes and says, you're free to go. He says, well, I'm supposed to die. He says, no, someone else is dying in your place. His name is Jesus. Imagine that. He started back then, died in his place for all of us. You let a murderer go, they said. And you killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead whereof we are... Oh, what? Can you just sense the power in those words? And his name, through faith in his name, made this man strong whom you see and know. You saw him every day. You walked by him every day. You probably threw some coins into his bucket or cup every single day. This... Faith, which is by him, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It's almost like giving him a right hook, a left hook, and finally just one to the gut. Oh, it's not about me. It's not about what I did. It's about Jesus, and it's about what he did it's the kingdom of God. It's the power of God. And all the glory goes to God. Don't look at me. And Peter understood this. Look at what he said over here in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Where did he get it from? God the Father. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. So you see, Peter knew by walking with Jesus where his power came from. He knew it was about advancing the kingdom of God. He knew he was to give glory to God because that's where the power and glory came from. God the Father himself. You know, apart from him, there's nothing that you and I can do. As a matter of fact, look at this. Our gifts also that we've been blessed with to receive from God are to be used for his honor and glory. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Peter taught this to the people that he wrote to. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be what? Glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. You know what that means? When you taught your Bible class and someone came along and just said you did a great job and all, all glory to God. Praise God Almighty. If you help somebody financially and you bless them because you're able to do so, guess what? 
When they thank you and you know, they, it's okay. Yeah, thank you. But you know what? Glory be to God. Father, I give you all the glory. Because you've given miss, me this ability to do it. Whether you're writing out cards, whether you're working with youth, whether you're playing an instrument or you're singing with the voice that, that, that God has given you. It's sanctified and set apart to the honor and glory of the living God because it's where it came from. It all came from him. And guess what? If we don't, if we think for a moment that, hey, look what I did. Follow me in Daniel chapter 4. And let's uh, look at something here. Nebuchadnezzar had a wonderful kingdom. And he took all the credit for it. And look what he said. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? He is saying it's about me, my kingdom. It's about my power. It's about my glory. Can you see those three things in that verse right there? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee, and they that drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And if we, then the same hour uh, was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did he grass his oxen, his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. And then as you read on, it says he finally came to his senses, and guess, guess what he discovered when he came to his senses? It's about God's kingdom, it's by his power, and it's for his glory. Whatever it is you and I do to serve God, it's about advancing His kingdom. It's by the power that He provides and the ability He gives us. And it's for His glory and no one else's. Why do you think they cast down their royal crowns that they achieve when they get on the other side in glory? At the feet of Jesus. Because you see, Lord, it's, it's about what you've done. Not what I've done. And so every single one of us is to be just like Jesus was, like Peter was. And certainly not like Nebuchadnezzar. Now, people sometimes, like I said, will honor you for the gift maybe that you've got. That God has gifted you in a certain way. Uh, we're always to be quick to remember and remind ourselves it came from God. It's not ours. All that we have has come from Him. And look at this Romans chapter 11 verse 36. And if this doesn't really clarify anything and everything I don't know what will but this verse makes it very clear that you and I are to honor God with the gifts the talents the abilities that he has provided for us in this life this is from the New Living Translation for everything comes from him everything the air you breathe comes from him the food you eat comes from him the water you drink comes from him the money you have comes from him. All the abilities that you possess comes from him. Your intelligence comes from him. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. Your ability as a musician comes 
from him. Oh yes, you have to develop it, but he gave it to you. He provided it for you. Anything and everything comes from him. Now notice, and two, exists by his power. By his power. He removes his hand from Nebuchadnezzar. He's like an animal. Oh, he thought he was so wise. He thought he was so powerful. He thought he was so everything, this, that, and the other thing. So smart, so wise, so intelligent. You know, he's so magnificent as a king. All God has to do is just remove his hands just for a moment. And there, there you are. And what is that message that's sent to all people? Without him, you have, are nothing. You have nothing. You know nothing. You can do nothing. He came to his senses and he realized that it's all about God. Amen. It all exists by his power. Anything and everything that exists, exists by his power. You look in the book of Hebrews chapter, or chapter 1, and we're told he upholds all things by the word of his power. God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past to the fathers by the prophets, hath in his last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir over all things, by whom also he made the worlds, and upholds all, and when he has sat down, after he redeemed us from the, from the fall, praise God, he upholds all things, all things, by the hand of his power, by the right hand of his power. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, and without him was not made anything made that was made. Without him was not made anything made that was made. It's all made by him, it's all upheld by him. He propels it, he sustains it, he maintains it. It's all by his power. So everything that exists, exists by his power. Amen? What was the third thing? Let's put that verse back up there. It's intended, it's intended for his glory. It's intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Men. So you can see it right there in that one verse. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Everything comes from you, exists by your power, and is intended for your glory. All glory to him forever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Our Father, relationship, who art in heaven, above it all, highest authority in all the universe, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy, set apart, to be revered, respected, highly regarded. I'm praising you, your person. You're the person of prayer. We pray to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And first and foremost, we exalt your holy name tonight. Your holy name, Jehovah God, our covenant-keeping God. Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, you're the Lord our peace. Jehovah Shammah, you're here right now in ever-presence. You're omnipresent in our lives. Jehovah Ruah, the Lord our shepherd, so that we don't want it for any good thing. Oh, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner, our victor, your banner over us is love. You're the Al Shaddai of our lives, the God of plenty. You're more than enough, our shield, our buckler, our exceeding great reward. You cause our enemies that come against us one way to flee from before our face seven ways as we hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord our God and do what is pleasing in your sight. 
You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, providing for our every need, according unto your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord physician, the Lord that heals, our great healer who heals by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus, Emmanuel, God who is with us, your name, your name. Oh, we exalt your name in this place. Hallowed be your name. Until your kingdom comes, Father, we're here on this earth. On this earth, it's about your kingdom, that your will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's all about your kingdom. So, Father, give us today all that I need, all that you need, all that we need. Our daily provision, the supply of all that we need physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally. It all comes from you. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. This basically is a prayer to pray every day. I want to thank you today that all that I, for all that I need to sustain me in spirit, soul, and body, and in every way. And so I'm, I'm believing I receive that right now. No matter what my need might be throughout the course of this day, I'm looking to you because you're my full supply of everything that I need. And I'm thanking you for it. So thank you for this day, my daily bread. A daily word from heaven that might direct or, or to the path of my life that I might take to honor you. Praise God. And then, forgive us our debts as I forgive, as you forgive our debtors. Forgive me of the loan that I can't pay because it's impossible to pay as I forgive others that have anything that they owe me. Praise God. Come on up here, praise team. Forgive me. I forgive them. Release me. I release them. Lead us not into temptation. Guide us by your word so that we don't enter into temptation. Is what he's saying. Guide us. Be the guide that we need so that we don't enter into temptation. Praise God. But deliver us from evil. Why? Yours. Let's all stand together. Say it with me. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Forever and ever. Amen.